0: The Bible prophesies of many events that will occur in the end times. Matthew 24 says there will be wars and rumors of wars, pestilence and more. Some would say these will be natural signs, spiritual signs and political signs. We can look at what the Bible says about these things and compare them to current events and we should be able to determine if we are living in the end times. Let's talk about the two things we're not supposed to talk about, politics and religion. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're so excited to be back after a uh, Thanksgiving break for us. We haven't been on in two weeks, so Doug, are you uh, remember how to do this? or Trying to shake the cobwebs out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you took took some time off last week, and Dave did all three days that we were in the
1: office, and so yeah. here we are trying to figure it all out again. Yeah, well, lot's happened, and it's still happening, so we got a lot to talk about today. Absolutely.
0: Um I guess before we get into the show um you know I did want to make mention here that uh we were very very sad to learn of the passing of Marcus Lamb of Daystar Television Network um this morning he passed away and Joni announced it on television and um when we saw that man it just hurts deep knowing what they're going through obviously we navigated the loss of Irvin Baxter a year ago, and now uh, Marcus Lamb has passed away. And uh, we've been um, blessed to be connected to the Lambs and Daystar, the whole team there. They have always treated us so with so much generosity and kindness. We can't say enough about this family. We've been so blessed to be connected with them. And uh, every time we go there to be a guest on their show or any time we're able to communicate Obviously, we air on Daystar every Sunday night, but anytime we're ever able to communicate with them, it's just such a pleasant experience, and um, we're just better that we've known them, and uh, so thankful for what they've done um, to help many ministries, but specifically us to help us um, be on television and get the message out around the world and Israel and all over the United States. And uh, man, I just, I was just, I'm, I'm still so. Deeply hurt, just knowing what they're navigating. Um, I don't know what else to say, Doug. I yeah. Just, just keep the Lamb family and the Daystar team in your prayers. Obviously, um, he was 64, and they have um, such a difficult transition to navigate at this point. He's, he's obviously been the head of Daystar for since the beginning, and uh, while they've been working on. You know, getting things going as far as getting his kids engaged and making sure that the transition would be smooth. There, whenever that time would come, uh, they certainly didn't plan on it being this soon. And so, our heart goes out to them. We're encouraging everyone to lift them up in prayer, and um, yeah, we'll definitely be doing that. Our team will be praying Absolutely. for them in the coming months and years. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know what else to always say. Always very day.
1: good to us, and loved Pastor Baxter. Uh, a lot and I mean both of them were just always so kind and generous toward him and then uh, with Dave as he took up the mantle and started uh, producing the programs they've had him on their program as well and uh, just great people and we know it's a tremendous loss and we feel that loss as well.
0: Indeed. And uh, I guess with that said, you know, it's kind of, there's not really a good transition into something else. Mm-hmm. But we do want to talk about our show today. I'm talking about Matthew 24. And also, uh, like I mentioned a year ago, we did lose Irvin Baxter. You all are well aware of that. Um, we've we've spent some time putting together a package, Irvin's last words. It includes uh, his last sermon, his last... Um, prophecy conference last tv show last radio show it's a five disc set and it is a great series it's a great package of of the last things that Irvin had to say publicly essentially um and so uh, we put that together it's worth over a hundred dollars but we've made it available um while supplies last uh, for a donation of any amount We don't anticipate having these very long. We've only made a 1,000 of them, and we don't plan to make more than that. And so if you want one, it's kind of a collector's item. Uh, You can get that today by going to endtime.com slash Christmas. Um, And, again, it's available for a donation of any amount. So uh, I have literally seen donations for $5, and I've seen donations for $600. So uh, whatever the Lord lays on your heart to give to receive this package um, we would encourage you to do that. It's a, it's a set that you want. It's a great gift idea. It's a great, um, just piece for your collection. And so, uh, be sure to go to endtimecom slash Christmas, or you can call us at 800 end time to get, um, Irvin's last words, the five disc set. So be sure to do that. All right, Doug, let's get into today's show. We're talking about, are we living in Matthew 24? What in the world does that mean? That it's like,
1: obviously not. That happened a long time ago. <laughs> What does it mean? Well, what it means, you know, the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your coming in the end of this age? That's the way that our program would start when we were doing the end of the age program and uh, our 1 through 14 lessons that we have of understanding the end time. And it's very significant even to our time period, and that's why we're talking about it today, because Jesus told the disciples very specific things to look for, to recognize that we're in those times. And so that's why Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, is one of the most famous things that Jesus spoke to the disciples. It's uh, recognized uh, by so many people and it gives us so much great information about the signs of the times. So that's why we're talking about it today because there are several things in our headlines that Jesus talked about happening. And so I thought today would be a great day to come back for us to, to be back on the air and be able to go through some of these events that are happening and help people kind of navigate through it and see where we are scripturally. So, so kind of a
0: quick rundown. We don't have a lot of time to get in it before the break, but like what are some of these things? Because it sounds like we're saying that if we can figure out what Matthew 24 is saying, then we can determine whether or not we're living in the end times.
1: Right. And so there's there's things like wars and rumors of wars that we know have been happening that's forever. That's happening forever. Right. And then there are very specific... Don't get me going, though. Oh, I know. There's very specific things that he talked about that we see happening right now. But there was an event that happened uh, specifically, the destruction of the second temple. And Jesus speaks about that as being the, the sign that you could begin to look for to know that you're in those end days. Well, that hasn't always happened. Right. That happened back in 70 AD. So that second temple was destroyed by the Romans and that's what kind of put the wheel in motion, but it's really picked up now to where we are. And there's some events that are still to come that are going to uh, let us know for sure. It's going to like drive a stake in the ground and say, okay, here's where you are. So we'll, we'll talk about some of those things uh, today as we get into that scripture. And then we, we may have time to talk about the future. All right. Well, we will get into that
0: after the break. We are going to take your calls. You can join us at 877-IN-TIME. That's 877-363-8463. We want to talk to you. So are we living in Matthew 24 today? Give us a call and let us know what your thoughts are. We're going to talk about wars and rumors of war, pestilence, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned. get seven deals of Christmas starting now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? You were so excited you couldn't sleep. What experience and gifts would you receive this year? The atmosphere at end time is nearly the same. We're excited these seven deals are available through the end of 2021. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives, and that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2021, you can get deals like an Into the Age Plus subscription for $9.87 per month, or just $99 per year, Jerusalem Prophecy College Enrollment for $35 per course, or my personal favorite, our Brand new package, Irvin's Last Words. This is a five DVD set that includes Irvin's last sermon, conference, TV show, and radio show, valued at over $100. But we're going to give it to you free with a donation of any amount. Go to slash Christmas to access these exclusive deals through the end of the year. You can also call 800 End Time.
2: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry.
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're taking your calls and there's open lines at 877-N-TIME, 877-363-8463. We're asking the question, are we living in Matthew 24 today? We're going to talk about some things in detail from the scriptures and look at current events. And so um, we think it's very important that everyone would hear something like this so we can know where we're at in God's prophetic time clock so if you're on Facebook or YouTube or any other social media uh, network or wherever you're watching uh, share this video share this uh, audio clip uh, we want the world to hear what's coming we don't want to spread fear and um, chaos but we wanting to infuse hope and peace into people's lives and while current events could lead you to chaos and being distraught about what's going on um, the Bible can tell us what's coming but also what's coming after these big events that are coming. And, of course, the ultimate thing would be that Jesus Christ is coming back to um, do a great reset. And uh, that's coming soon, and we want you to be a part of it. So that's our focus here is to... Uh, make sure that we can have peace during these troubled times that are coming. So please share this information uh, with, with your friends and family. Hit the share button. Hit the heart icon on Facebook. Helps us a lot. Get the message out. So we appreciate that
1: very much. I see what you did there with the great reset. What well, like I do, Doug. The there, real great reset anything, is when Jesus comes back. That's so. right. People get... Um, yeah. Man can try to do it, but God's ultimately got that down.
0: There's There's been a great reset attempt for a long, long time. Yeah. Amen. And Jesus just keeps going, nope, nope, you jacked it up again. Yeah. But I'm coming one day, and I'm going to establish a kingdom here on earth. And we want you to be a part of it. And one way, uh, the, the foundational way to get a part of that is to be born again. So go to endtime.com slash reborn to learn what born again means. What did Jesus mean by that? You've got to be born again. Right. I like how Nicodemus is just like, raw and just like how I, I feel like that's how I would have been like what I got to be born from my mother's womb again and Jesus is like you don't get it um, but anyway learn learn about what being born again is at endtime.com slash reborn all right Doug we've got to get into Matthew 24 we never will Let's do it. Uh, Matthew 24 starting with verse 1 and Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him to sh- for to show him the buildings of the temple and Jesus said unto them See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, of course, we know that is more appropriately translated end of the age, which is why our show
1: is called End of the Age. Right. And so Jesus was telling them, you know, to look at that temple, not one stone be left upon another. He was letting them know this is one of the signs that they could look for uh, that would begin the times of the end of that age. And so, like I said before, we knew that this happened back in 70 A.D. Now, a lot of people try to say, well, you know, there's still stones left upon another. Well, no Mm -hmm. stone of the temple's left upon another. We've been there. We know this. We've seen the stones that were thrown from the temple mount to the ground. The stones that people see that they recognize are the Wailing Wall, and that's a retaining wall that was built there to hold the structure in place and to, to beautify that Temple Mount even more. That Herod built this wall. Mm-hmm. Those are the stones that you see where people are praying at the Western Wall, or what they call the Wailing Wall, and putting their prayers in there and praying because that used to be the closest that the Jewish people could get to the Temple Mount and pray. Uh, now, of course, we know that it's kind of being opened up up there and they're, they're actually being able to go up and pray on the Temple Mount. So Jesus said uh, that that was one of the signs to look for. Uh, also, Daniel gives us that information about the Messiah. And, and this is one way, we've talked about it before on here, that you can prove that the Messiah had to come before that temple was destroyed in 70 AD, proving that Jesus was the Messiah. So um, do we want to read that scripture?
0: Yeah, but what do you mean by that? You said that's one way we can prove that, and I'm just wondering what you
1: mean by that. There's a lot of people, especially um, the Jewish people that do not believe Jesus is the Messiah. Well, they understand Daniel, and they study Daniel in the Old Testament. They don't look at the New Testament, but you can go to the Old Testament, and you can show them that this scripture specifically says that Messiah would be cut off. It means that the Messiah would die before that city and the sanctuary was destroyed. And we know that that happened in 70 A.D. We know Jesus lived and died and was resurrected before the destruction of that temple. So gotcha. that's one way you can prove Jesus was the Messiah they're looking for. All right. Daniel nine twenty six twenty six 26, says,
0: And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come. Shall that shall come, shall destroy the city and the
1: sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and under the end of the war, desolations are determined. So this gives us another piece of that puzzle, letting us know that information. Daniel also spoke about that uh, later on in Matthew 24. Jesus speaks about um, the abomination of desolation that Daniel also spoke about. And that's very significant in the times that we live in right now. We won't get there right now. We're going to look at some other things that happened. But that gives us a very uh, intricate piece of the the puzzle to understand that the end times, the end of the age, has started with the death of Jesus, the, the burial and the resurrection, and then the destruction of that temple. One of the things he said to look for there. Uh, as a sign of the end of the age.
0: Okay, so he tells them the temple's going to be destroyed, Mm -hmm. um, and they come to him and say, when is this going to happen? What's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Right. And then in verse 4, Jesus says, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye may not... That ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. They just said, when's the end going to be? It says, the, it says oh, listen, the end is not yet. Right. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes, and diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 9 says, and then, then shall they deliver up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all of the world for
1: a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. And then shall the end come when the gospel of the kingdom is being preached to all the world. So there's a lot of things that are going to happen. Well, you could say right now that we're in that age where the gospel is able to be preached into all the world. Satellite television, for one way, is a way that we're able to reach people. Programs like this, where we're all over the uh, social media and uh, ways that people can hear us in any country. Uh, I remember Pastor Baxter saying one time he um, he heard of a uh, a place in India where this actress had gone and she was walking up this hill and thought nobody would recognize her and this little man this little Indian man that you know was walking up the hill too looked at her and said Titanic and recognized this actress that was from a movie Titanic and he gave that example saying. If if things like that are reaching around the world in desolate places, she was in a place where she thought nobody would ever recognize her and she was recognized for this, then we can understand that we're in that time age where we can present the gospel all over the airways and people from all over the world can hear this. So we, we could actually be in that age right now as far as that particular scripture goes. But these other things are clues as well. well you know what you mentioned there, that actually happened
0: to Irvin too. Mm-hmm. He would be in Israel, he would be in Rome, he would, he would be in Dallas, like yeah. all over the place. People would come up and go, are you Irvin Baxter, end into the age? And he, yeah. you know, yes, I am, that's all, you know, he, would never, he was never real, like, uh, he wasn't going out trying to do that.
3: To be recognized, yeah, was, but he
1: was recognized. Yeah, and so... Yeah. Um, it happened one time on an airplane, I remember we were traveling somewhere, and the pilot comes out of the cockpit... And goes up to Pastor Baxter and shakes his hand and, and recognizes who he is and says, I, I watch your program all the time. I looked over at my wife, Tina, and said, I think we're going to be safe yeah. on this trip. We're not going to have to Well, worry. the first time I
0: realized <laughs> that um, things had shifted as far as end times reach goes, I was in uh, church camp as a teenager. And he like they would come mid midweek to visit. Like your family would come on Wednesday. Yeah. And he came there. And we're walking into the service, and one of these kids that I was in church camp with comes up to me like, "Will you sign my Bible? Aren't you Irvin Baxter?" I'm like, "Sign your—this is my
1: grandpa! Like, what are you—what right? are you talking about?" And so it really hits home when things like that happen. That
0: was before television <laughs> right. for us anyway, um, but it's just radio and the DV, the the VHSs back then. But yeah. Um, anyway, we're not talking about that. We're trying to talk about these events that Jesus said would come and then the end would come. Yeah, And so one of them is wars and rumors of wars. Right. And boy, is that ever the time. <laughs> yeah. you know, people are wanting to know when's World War Three going to happen. And there's been, I mean, really it seems like since 9-11, probably before that even, there's been threats of world, definitely before that, there's been threats of world wars. Yeah. But at least in recent time, 9-11 was kind of the kickoff. Many believe that what started at 9-11 was the beginning of World War three. Right. we just haven't tracked it that way and we'll look back one day and do so I'm not sure that that's accurate but nonetheless there's stuff brewing with China mm. Taiwan Iran Iran excuse me yeah. Israel and of course United States is always in the middle of everything Russia is always in the middle of everything right. so we're there with rumors in fact uh, just to yesterday Um, Fox News came out with uh, the news about Taiwan. It says Taiwan deployed its Air Force Sunday in an effort to drive back dozens of Chinese aircraft that entered its air defense base. China has repeatedly deployed aircraft into the area as part of gray zone warfare with the island country. Taiwanese officials fear that China executes these maneuvers to test Taiwan's response and wear out its forces with repeated scrambles. Taiwan claimed that around 150 aircraft from the People's Liberation Army have entered its air air defense identification zone since October 1st. The latest excursion included 18 fighter jets, five nuclear-capable H-6 bombers, Mm and a Y-20 aerial refueling jet. The squadron flew south of Taiwan into the uh, Bashi Channel, separating it from the Philippines before returning to China. You want to talk about nerve-wracking. Right. Dozens of Chinese... Uh, aircraft coming in your your area, yeah. That
1: would be nerve wracking. Yeah, think about that happening on a daily basis with China threatening. Hey, we're going to invade just any day now, and nobody's there to help you. And you see these planes coming in. What What's the first thing you begin to think? Up, oh, this is it. This, this is it. Today's the day. Yeah. And so they just keep doing this. Well, repeatedly. how do you think our
0: brothers and sisters in Taiwan feel? Yeah. The born again believers in Taiwan.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean. I mean, I believe that I, I'm hopeful that they are strong and courageous and have hope and peace. Yeah. But I, would, I, I mean, I can tell you that it would be much harder for me to have peace and hope if I'm seeing that fly overhead or at least right.
1: knowing it was a few miles from my house. that yeah. would change things. And just real quick, let me mention this because we get this question all the time. Is, uh, is this war Armageddon? And no, it's not. The, the war we're talking about, the Sixth Trumpet War... World War 3 that's going to happen at the beginning of the final seven years, either just before the peace agreement's done or just after the peace agreement's done. The Bible doesn't give us that information, uh, but we know that this war's coming, and it's something we look for on a daily basis because we know it could happen at any moment. It's not the Battle of Armageddon. Those two get confused a lot of times. The Battle of Armageddon is going to happen at the end of the final seven years there at the uh, end of the tribulation. So that's when Armageddon happens at the return of Jesus Christ. This war is a different war. And it's what we call World
0: War Three yeah. because the Bible says it's in the Sixth Trumpet War, mm-hmm. another thing we refer to it as, mm-hmm. the Bible says that a third of mankind is going to be killed. Well, a third of mankind is a lot of people. It will be Uh, The most people killed by any war ever, it's going to be 2.2, 2.4 billion people, depending on the population at the time, is a third of mankind. I mean, just think about that, and obviously it won't be uh, strategically reduced by your street, but just think about every third house on your street or every third apartment in your apartment complex being gone tomorrow or over the next month yeah well, that is going to be life changing for everyone yeah it's going to be unbelievable and of course, we believe that that these things have been um, we know these things are coming and that it's going to result in great revival right and that's that's where we have a lot of hope too yeah uh, not only that Jesus is coming but also that spiritually there will be a revival that comes, people are going to start waking up, putting putting behind the things that have been uh, warping. I don't view it as warping at this point, putting the things that, that have been helping them develop perspective about the world that's so far from God. Um, and they're, they're going to have a revival in their mind and in their spirit. And it's going to dramatically shift this world. I can't wait yeah. for that time. Yeah, I can't wait for Jesus to come back and get us out of this, all this mess <laughs> that, that, yeah. that has been created and Amen. that has developed. Um, so we didn't get get through near as much as we wanted to by this break but yeah uh, we will get to more we will get to your calls there's a few open lines at 877 end time so be sure to give us a call we'd love to know what do you think are we living in matthew 24 or is that something for uh, the far away future also don't forget to uh, get irvin's last words package by going to endtime.com slash christmas don't go anywhere got exciting stuff on the other side of the show
4: whether it's a global pandemic threat of war or floundering economies
0: Welcome back to Into the Age, open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Are we living in Matthew 24 or is that something for the future? Uh, We're talking about that. One of the things mentioned in Matthew 24 is that before the end will come, there will be wars and rumors of wars. And, of course, that's been happening forever. But specifically right now, we can look to the news and see that there are wars and rumors of wars happening China and Taiwan having conflict right now. Of course, America is involved in that. Um, Multiple other nations are involved in that, at least uh, through the perspective of commenting about it and saying that they would react to it. Another big um, headline is that what's going on with Israel and Iran. Doug, uh, there's nuke talks. Israel is preparing fighter jets and and doing exercises right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else
1: is happening there that you think is noteworthy? Um, the fact that Iran has said that they're not backing off from the annihilation of Israel as a, as a nation state. Uh, they're, they're saying, look, we're, we're going to develop nuclear weapons and we're going to annihilate Israel. And yet the world is having nuclear talks with Iran. That blows my mind because, I mean, there's nobody else saying, hey, we're going to wipe the Jews off the face of the planet and the rest of the world is going. Hey, let's have some talks about lifting sanctions and allowing you to make uranium that is, uh, you know, capable of uh, making a nuclear weapon. So that's that's a huge story out of uh, Jerusalem Post uh, two days ago, talking about the Iranian uh, brigadier general. He urged the destruction of Israel prior to these nuclear talks, and nobody's really talking about that.
0: Now, Doug, you mentioned that, and and I did want to say that. As many know, today is Giving Tuesday, and so people look for reasons to give today. And I wanted to make mention that one thing that we've highlighted today on Giving Tuesday, uh, with it being a national initiative for people to give back, we've highlighted our relationship with the Jewish agency and what we're trying to do with the Jews. So, you know, there's a slogan in, in Israel, the Jews say, never again. They say, never again are we going to walk into gas chambers, into concentration camps uh, without a fight. We're we're not just going to willingly do that again. And uh, one thing that we can see in the scriptures is they may not walk into gas chambers or concentration camps, but there is another Holocaust coming towards the Jewish people. And so we have teamed up with the Jewish agency to try to help Jews uh, make Aliyah and get acclimated back into the nation of Israel, their promised land. And so we work with them. Uh, we've visited them many times. We donate money to them. Um, and you know there are there are Jews all over Europe and all over the world uh, that are trying to make Aliyah back into Israel. There are millions actually in what we call high risk nations. These are nations that would be Muslim controlled primarily that do not want Jews to leave. They want them to stay under their control and persecute them and whatever else and so there are Jews that are trying to flee those countries that are unable to do it. Uh, It's almost like a uh, underground railroad situation, Doug, similar to slavery in America um, many years ago. But um, nonetheless, these Jews are trying to flee from their persecuted lifestyle, and so we've highlighted our uh, relationship with the Jewish agency. Um, Some of the Jews can get back to Israel for just $1,000 But there are others, and and I'm not allowed to mention the nations, but uh, it would cost about $10,000 per Jew to even get them out because it has to be extremely secretive and extremely, um, uh, I don't know how else to say it, aside from secretive and, um, I guess, low-key. You've got to be sure to just literally make these people disappear overnight and not have any warning that they are trying to flee. And so it's very expensive to make that happen and get them back to Israel. And so we've teamed up with them. We've donated a lot of money to them over the years that that you all have contributed. We've presented this need to you. We'll be talking more about that in the coming months. But nonetheless, that's what we've highlighted today on Giving Tuesday. So um, you can learn more about our efforts there, Another Jewish Holocaust, by going to endtime.com slash Jews. And uh, you can contribute today to help us help Jews make Aliyah and get out of their persecuted lifestyles, get back acclimated into their promised land. Sorry, Doug, didn't even have notes to mention that today. (laughs) But nonetheless, there you
1: go. (laughs) The Lord do what he wants with that information. All right. (laughs) So the the other thing there, Vince, is, of course, Israel has said we can't allow that to happen. So if these nuke talks fail, they're ready to go in there and, and do what needs to be done and that's why they you know, we're getting reports from Israel of, uh, you know, the flights uh, training is is increasing. These planes are are carrying a full payload of uh, weapons and ready to to act as necessary to save the lives of everybody there in Israel. So uh, th- something that we got to pay attention to because the the Bible does say that that war will start uh, in the area of the Euphrates River, and that's right there in that region. So that could start, could trigger a whole different of uh, reactions. China and Russia and Turkey are all allies of Iran, and, of course, we are allies with Israel. So that could cause a conflict to happen very quickly. So we watch that every day. All right. all right. Wars and rumors of war, that's the highlight
0: of, uh, not really a highlight, but that's kind of the treetop version of all the stuff going on right now right. with wars and rumors of war. Now we got several other categories to hit, but we do want to get to the phones. Yeah, Let's go to Amen in Germany. Amen, welcome to End of the Age.
5: Hello, sir. I have the opportunity to ask you a question. And my question is about um, um, yeah, what Jesus said. Um, Jesus said when you see the branches of the fig tree um, coming, uh, this generation will see all the things concerning the the end time and tribulation. So, uh, my question is: What is the fig tree, and how to know how long a generation is? Initially, I had another question, but maybe this question is better. So, I need to know what the fig tree is, and when. How can we know when this generation, how long the generation is? Thank you so much. I. I Turn the phone off and listen. Thank you and God bless you. Shalom. Okay, God
1: bless you as well. So one of the things that a lot of people talk about here is they they say that um, the fig tree represents Israel. And that's not necessarily what's being said here. So I know that that's going to be controversial to a lot of people because a lot of people talk about uh, this as being Israel, the fig tree is Israel, and that with the birth of Israel, it began the generation. And the generation is about 80 years, and we are right around that time for Israel. So whether or not that's talking about that, um, you'll just have to, to make up your own mind about it. But what, what I see and what we understand from the scriptures, when it talks about the fig tree here, what it's doing is it's, it's helping us to understand that when you see a fig tree, Uh, having buds on it and and putting forth the the branches or growing leaves and buds, you know summer's coming because it's a sign of the times. It's the sign of the turn. Winter's gone. The time for that tree to be dormant's gone. Spring comes. It begins to to branch out new branches and grow leaves, and you know summer's on its way. So Jesus was using that as a way to explain that when you begin to see these signs, you know that the end is coming at some particular point. Uh, when we talk about this generation shall not pass, the generation that sees all these things, there's still things that we're going to have to see before that generation is even uh, looked at as being even started one of those things that we're going to see is that abomination of desolation as spoken of by uh the prophet daniel which we know happens midway point in the final seven years so we haven't seen the peace agreement come yet between the palestinians and the israelis to where there's a sharing of the temple mount uh there's a two-state solution and um the Palestinians will get the West Bank, that area that Jesus says when you see the abomination and desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, let those who be in Judea flee into the mountains. And then it says that immediately after that is the time of the great tribulation, tribulation that's never been before and shall never happen again. And so those things are included in these other signs before that generation that shall not pass. We haven't seen this happen. So it's not necessarily the birth of Israel being the generation that's talked about. There's many people that were alive during the time of um, that generation that have passed. But the generation itself will not pass until all these things are fulfilled. And so that's, that's our take on it. That sign of the fig tree is just the Lord saying when you begin to see these things... You know summer's coming so it 's seasonal yeah it's it 's just showing you a sign
0: of the time and one of our lessons that that really talk about this it's available on end of the age plus uh, You can stream it anytime you want on demand twenty four uh, seven watch dot intime dot com is um, sign posts of the second coming. I really like that lesson because Irvin goes into childhood storytelling where he uh, tells a story about him and his parents <laughs> driving from Joplin to Yeah, Uh, were they going to Indianapolis? I I believe they were Joplin, Indianapolis, and you know, ninety miles to go. He'd see the road sign, yeah, the mile marker sign, and um, it just kind of goes into the details about how we can do a similar thing with Bible prophecy. Exactly what you're saying there, Doug.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, let's go to Mike in Wyoming. Mike, welcome to End of the Age. Mike, are you there? Hello?
5: Yeah, can you hear me?
0: We can hear you. Welcome.
5: Okay. I have a question to ask. Uh, if you, if you, uh, a while back you talked about Abu Dhabi and that interfaith center. I was wondering if that is a uh, precursor to uh, putting some kind of uh, interfaith center on the Temple Mount. And I could see like the uh, false prophet, uh, you know, behind us pulling the strings.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. And, and I do believe that, personally, that that is a precursor to that. I do believe that there will be some type of similar arrangement on the Temple Mount when this peace treaty is signed and they decide to make that Temple Mount because the Pope has already said uh, that that place should be a place for uh, all religions to be able to go. And then even in the uh, Accords, as we we know, the, the Abraham Accord, that uh, Trump put together, it's in the notes there that uh, all religions should be able to go and respectfully worship on that Temple Mount. And so I, I do believe this is a way, a precursor, like you say, of getting people uh, accustomed to that, uh, that worship together. Yeah, with that, the, yes, that
5: one world religion type of thing going on.
1: Absolutely. It's a great observation there, Mike. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you very
0: much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And also, I think it's noteworthy, um, Dave did a show yesterday about this same topic of one world religion, one religion. So Mm -hmm. uh, definitely go back and watch that show. It's very helpful uh, in regards to learning more about what's coming with the one world religion. There is a one world government that's here and coming, even more so than what it is now. Same is true for one world religion. Same is true for a currency uh, the banking system, there's a whole lot that's still coming. And like we say over and over again, even though these times are coming that may seem dark. We actually received a word from the Lord this morning about dark times are coming. But in spite of that, we can have peace and uh, look to the Lord and and not have the same worry and the same fears that people that don't know this truth have. And so uh, we're thankful to know the word of the Lord and uh, we're thankful to have peace and knowing that. Amen. All right, let's go to the other Mike. I think Mike in Indiana. I think we've got two Mikes on the line, and I don't know which one we just talked to. I thought it was Mike in Wyoming, but if your name's Mike, this welcome to the this show, is Mike.
5: This is Mike from Wyoming. I-
0: Mike, I'm so sorry. I, uh, I've got to put you on hold. We're going up against a break. I totally lost track of time and wasn't paying attention. So we'll get to you right after the break. My apologies. Uh, We will be back. we got uh, another segment. So if you'd like to join us, we'd love for you to call. The number to join us is 877 end time 877-363-8463. Stay tuned
1: for more.
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. Before the break, I had to rudely cut off Mike. Um, sorry about that, Mike. We'll be bringing you right back on. Before we do, I want to let everyone know that we have open lines at 877-IN-TIME, 877-363-8463. Are we living in the time of Matthew 24 today? We want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so please give us a call. We'd love to chat with you. All right, Mike, so sorry for that. Welcome back to End of the Age.
5: Okay, are we hooked up?
0: We're hooked up, and we've got plenty of time.
5: That's awesome. God bless you guys, and I appreciate what you're doing and what Dave does. Um, I know it's hard, and, uh, but uh, God is full of grace, and he will get us all through this. Amen. Um, amen. My question is, in Revelation chapter 9, um, of course, that's the Six Trumpet War. And we like to look at that as as something that is going to uh, be uh, the trigger the trigger of a great revival. But uh, in verses 20 and 21, it kind of seems to say the opposite of that. Uh, and so, what I would just like to throw out there is, in light of those verses, that we we don't look for that war and the, and the, the calamity of that war to be Uh, a trigger point for revival but that we need to look at the things going on now as being those things that we need to to uh, make the world known about or you know make known to the world and uh, that way we don't lose um, a third of the possibilities waiting till after the war but uh, just wanted you to comment on that and see how we can reconcile that uh, that we are hoping that the the war will bring about a revival, but yet the scripture seems to say differently.
1: Yeah, Mike, I I'm kind of like you. I I see what you're saying in verse 21, where it talks about uh, people neither repented of their murders or their sorceries, fornication, thefts, things like that. And and I see exactly what you're saying. I feel like uh, the revival is going to come more uh, during the tribulation period, whenever. Uh, those two two witnesses come on the scene, and and that's when that revival really kick in. Uh, But we believe that when we know that this final seven years has started and we take that trip into Israel and we go into those areas in Judea, into uh, those settlements and begin to uh, knock on doors and try to help those Jewish people there to understand that uh, a revival will be sparked at that point, and uh, and we believe that that's going to happen within that seven years, but not necessarily that this war will cause it. I think the war will cause enough people to say, okay, yes, we need peace. Uh, we need to stop these wars. We need to go into this world government, this world religion, because if we're all part of one world, who can we fight against? And so, uh, you know, that's kind of how I see that, uh, is that that revival will come during that final seven years, but not necessarily after this Sixth Trumpet War happens. Well, uh, that's my uh, fault,
0: really. I, I, I stated that um, kind of sloppily there. I mean, obviously, it does say that they didn't repent for their murders, and certainly um, that's clearly stating that. I'm there's, hoping,
5: yeah. There's I'm plenty hoping of, that there will be those people you're talking about, but it, it, there's kind of an implication also of, a, of an outbreak of uh, humanism. And, uh, you know, a, a, that we've got to come together as human beings and as humanity in order to combat this. Yeah, but, um, here, you, I, I'm with you guys. We need revival. Jesus Christ is the only hope. And um, thank you for your time, and God bless.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks, God, bless God bless
0: you. God bless you. You know, you mentioned humanism, and that's kind of already started. We talked about that a few weeks ago on the yeah. um, Is Prince Charles the Antichrist? Is that the... Sh- Show title, mm-hmm. um, how he he goes in there and says we need to come together to fight COVID. Yeah, and uh, you know we've seen the outbreak that's occurred and the nations trying to do it their own way. We need to come
1: together and, and against um, global warming and COVID. Yes. so so he's even talking about doing it a military style uh, resistance against. Global warming events. No, it
0: seems yeah. like that as long as there's been humans, there's been humanism problems.
1: Yeah, exactly. We always
0: seem to think we can handle things on our own. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yes, yeah, certainly, um, you know, that is troubling thinking about the Sixth Trumpet War, how, um, you know, people still don't repent. Yeah, You know, at the same time, I'm believing overall, I, when my, when I made that comment, I'm talking about overall there's going to be all sorts of things occurring mm-hmm. in these end times through that, yes, there'll be plenty of people who don't repent, don't come to the Lord. Um, I'm believing that in spite of in spite of that, that there will be many that do. And, um, you know, it just seems like when, you know, it's a shame really that we have to wait on something, things like this that's coming. But when we know uh, what's happening as clear as day, uh, right now we can see what's coming. But when we see those things start to happen... Um, you know, Christians are going to rise up like we never have, right. and um, there's no telling how many people are going to be reached because of these efforts of uh, so much sowing occurring. Right. Um, because we feel the urgency for the first time, or we feel it like we've never felt it. Yeah, and so that well, there's that, definitely really going
1: to be fence setters. Who are going to jump off fence the fence setters? Now, Doug, not everybody's from Mesquite. We don't need help with that. That's a redneck term. Fence setters. If something. you're lukewarm and you <laughs> see something like that happen, it's going to cause you to to finally take a stand and say, "Okay, I got to get my relationship." People right also with the Lord. call
0: these people pew warmers, right? Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a pew potatoes. Term. Pew yeah. potatoes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: there's that. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry about that redneck version.
0: Well, you know, it's all good. There's plenty of rednecks (laughs) that watch. I got a little redneck in me. There you go. I told somebody the other day I'm a recovering redneck. (laughs) And I'm not even trying to recover all the way, just to be quite honest. (laughs) But anyway. All right. Let's go to Joe in New York. Joe, welcome back to Into the Age.
3: You guys look terrific.
0: Thanks, Joe. I kind of knew you'd say that, Joe.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
0: We love you, Joe.
3: Thank you. I love you guys. You're my family. Um, Boy, you touched about so many different things. Uh, First of all, out to all the believers, hey, gang, we're not supposed to be good humans. We are spiritual (laughs) creatures to love God and reflect his light. That's what we were created for. But now let's get back to Matthew 24, because the Lord Jesus gave us a map right there. Now, why was Irvin Baxter so terrific in teaching? Because the amount of time he poured into the scriptures, and the fruit of it is is that his teachings are the best on the planet about prophecies. But the Lord said in Matthew 24, this is the New American Standard, verse 4, 15 that you mentioned, therefore when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. That's got to be the Jewish temple, not an interfaith temple, but the Jewish temple. And then right after that, it says, let the reader understand. That's the book of Daniel. And I heard Irvin more than once state the truth. We cannot understand the book of Revelation without knowing the book of Daniel and I encourage everyone again to take Jerusalem prophecies courses the college courses are terrific we if anybody has questions they got to study the amount of time we put into the word of god will bear fruit in our lives but time and time again I'm on the internet I have I'm an old man retired I have plenty of time to listen to a lot of you know garbage that's on the internet uh, people misquoting scriptures or twisting the scriptures, and people can be deceived. What we see happening in the United States of America right now, it's a separating going on. The wheat from the tares, that's what's taking place. The Lord spoke to my heart some months ago that we will be entering into a time of chaos, but it will be short. Afterwards, there's going to be clarity, and I pray for it nightly, in the body of Christ, That we will know what we do. Revival, it's already started. I hear this from ministries traveling around the country and around the world. It starts off small and it will spread. But I want to encourage everyone again. Spend time studying. You know, Joe, everybody that watches the the
0: show and everybody that watches on Facebook, they start commenting how much they love you. I'm telling you, you need to launch the Joe show. (laughs) I think it would be great. (laughs) You've got a lot of valuable things to share. We always appreciate it when you call. You did mention Jerusalem Prophecy College, and i got to tell you, in December we're doing a special. So tomorrow starts December, by the way. If you didn't know, December starts tomorrow. <laughs> you can go to endtime.com slash Christmas, and you can actually get Jerusalem Prophecy College enrollment for only $35. That's $24 off the normal rate, and it is well worth it. We cover understanding the end time. We cover Daniel, like Joe was mentioning, we cover Revelation and much more. So go to intime.com uh, Christmas. You'll see there that you can use coupon code 24 off. And in December, you can get it for just $35. So Joe, we appreciate your call. Thank you for mentioning all that you did and also Jerusalem Prophecy College. We have time for one more call. So let's go to Sam in Texas. Sam, welcome to End of the Age.
5: Hey, guys, on the, the Sixth Trumpet War, you need a third of the population to die. And, you know, if it's Israel—I mean, if it's India and China, that's easy, because that's a third of the population between them two. But if you take one of them out and you try to get the other population, it's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to get that many nations that are close together and then the, the nations that have the, yeah. the ICBMs, I think, intercontinental missiles is limited. So it, it's hard to do. I just— I don't know if you all have to put the mask and try to figure
1: it out. We have, actually, and that, that's one of the reasons why we believe China will definitely be part of that war. But we also know that that's going to be a worldwide war. It's not just going to happen in that region. It's going to reach around the world, and that's why we call it World War III, because we know many nations will have to be involved in that. A lot of people from a lot of different nations are going to end up losing their lives in that war. It's going to be a global Uh, Situation, not just a couple of nations like that with large numbers, but we do believe China will be a a large participant in that war.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: All right, thank you, Sam. All right, Doug. Matthew 24 mentions a whole lot of other things that we didn't even get to. We may have to come back and do a part two to this. We might. It, it, It might actually be something that we should shoot for, just because... There is so much that we left out today that needs to be mentioned. And, you know, we we really need to wrap this up by helping everybody understand that there's hope at the end of this. It's not something that we got to run around and be afraid of.
0: Yeah, let's hit on that. We've got a minute and a half. I mean, yeah. these things are coming. Absolutely. People can be scared out of their mind. We, we've seen what happened with COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, there's obviously a certain level of respect that people have for the disease but there's a lot of fear being pushed and people that I know personally have been locked in their homes for almost two years now Mm -hmm. and they're scared out of their mind and so fear is coming whether it's through a a disease that's spreading throughout the world or whether it's through something else Matthew 24 talks about things
1: that can create global fear Mm -hmm. how do we navigate that well we navigate it by being focused on the Lord being focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ and being able to help people understand that there is a way to be saved where we don't have to be afraid of any of this. None of this has to make us afraid, but what it needs Does to it do... Does it mean we should
0: be stupid? No.
1: It, it, what it really means, Vince, to me is that we need to kick it in high gear in the evangelism mode. We yeah. need to begin to share our personal experiences with the Lord and help people understand how they can know the Lord. Uh, so we, we need to make Jesus famous around the world. In
0: a good way. In a good way. He's pretty famous already, but man, I've got a story that somebody else doesn't have, and I can talk to my neighbor, my friend, my co-worker about it, and really minister to them. You can learn more about being born again. Like we say, that's the foundational step by going to endtime.com slash reborn. We'll see you right back here tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time. Don't forget to go to endtime.com.